Amen. Thank you, Lord. Did you have something you needed to do? Or you can do it later. Uh, you know, my goal in a service like this, our goal, all of us who minister, is not any particular type of ministry. Uh, I don't have any need to speak or teach or anything like that. We just want God's spirit to move and manifest in our midst. And however that comes, is I'm happy with it. And uh, we have had times where we just had worship the whole night. And uh, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the preaching of the word as well. But, you know, that seems to be default in churches where you always just kind of go for music to the word. And, and, uh, and those are two main components, don't get me wrong. Uh, but often that's all Christians know. They think of church. What's that? Well, you sing and then you hear a, hear a sermon. Okay. There are no sermons on Wednesday nights. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's a flow. We, we minister out of the unction, from the unction. And, uh, and, and so uh, there's so much more in God than just singing and, and, and delivering a message, including healing or, or other things. But there's a real, uh, there's a real note of, uh, of victory tonight for individuals uh, a real uh, victory that needs to be experienced. I don't like to keep uh, victory just in the theoretical realm, just in a song and just in a statement of faith. But it needs to be uh, it needs to be so believed that it that it manifests in our daily life. And and the presence of the Lord in this place, I believe, is the the better we get at this. Come on, together the better we get at doing the glory and enjoying the presence of God and be the, the, the thicker the, the presence of the Lord will manifest and the more people will, uh, will be changed, the more they'll be changed in various ways. Some will even uh, almost be undone. <laughs> in the presence of the Lord, not knowing what to do. They're just so overcome and overwhelmed by God. And the word will go out more and more. And I perceived even earlier that, that, that people, and maybe they already have, maybe some of you have uh, tonight, but people will come from even a distance just to get in the atmosphere, not knowing what will transpire in any service. That's not really the, the main issue. But just to get in the atmosphere, because they'll find out you get in that atmosphere where God is moving, and things happen. Good things transpire. And this is where we want to be, where we want to live. Amen. And just let God move. Praise God. Now, you know me. I'm not... Uh, I, I never want to have long services for long services sake but I gotta tell you a secret on the inside of me I want really long services just because we have to because we're not doing them on Sunday and you know but when when do we and this is our only opportunity <laughs> right now is how how things go uh, and and I want it I want God to move so much where we're like can we even shut this down or I, I can't 
let's just leave it alone and, you know, praise God, praise God. And there may be a, a couple other things that I need to say for the, for the point of, of living life God's way, of experiencing his victory today. Uh, some of it happened, I think, when we declared, when we shouted, when we made known the word of the Lord. And, and some of it, there can still be uh, lies that bind. There can still be, some of it comes through shame. It comes through uh, overwhelming feelings of, of guilt and regret over things done. And that's how the enemy keeps people in bondage. See, Jesus paid for them to be free. He won the victory. The devil's defeated. Sin is washed away. And yet they're living as if none of that happened. Even some who have received the Lord, they're going to heaven when they die, but they're still living like a sinner. And I, what I mean by that, I'm not necessarily just talking about they're a bad person or doing bad things, but they live with the, the guilt and shame as if they were never redeemed. Let me just show you a couple verses. Um, in uh, Exodus, I think it's Exodus, chapter 33, you remember when Moses got the law on the mountain and he went up there to meet with the Lord and he was up there for 40 days and didn't even need to eat because he was in the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I need to eat sooner than 40 days. <laughs> if you think I'm unspiritual, I have a body. You say, well, Moses didn't. I know I wouldn't either if I was on the mountaintop with him in this way. Amen. Say, well, Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh Verse uh, Exodus 33, 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not uh, let me know whom you will send with me. And you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. I find that, that intriguing, interesting, that Moses, having a direct encounter with God, he says, show me your way. Show me your way. Not just, hey, uh, could you get me a new chariot? Or... <laughs> you know, or some kind of natural blessing. He wants to know how God thinks. I want to, he wants to know the ways of the Lord. He wants to know, know that. I think that's noble, that's honorable. And, uh, and he said, the Lord said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Amen. Sorry, I don't know all the verses in here. Or... And they don't have them all highlighted either. Uh, amen. There was another verse in here I thought I knew that was in here. It's a good one. So if I don't find it, you go home and read the whole book. 
take me a while to find it. But nevertheless, uh, the, the Lord um, did reveal himself to Moses and revealed his character, revealed the way that he was, how he was merciful, how he was kind. He was merciful to thousands. And there's a verse in there that says something like that, and some of you will find it probably. And, uh, and he began to know the character of, of God. God wanted, he wanted to know his ways, and the ways of God was good news. Even when the Lord revealed to him about how he would deal with iniquity, it still showed the way that God thinks. When he talked about visiting uh, iniquity upon even four generations, uh, that was never God's desire or will that that would happen, but it reveals that God is a just God, and he is, by his nature, he's generous, he's kind, he's merciful. And uh, whenever the Lord talks about repercussions for sin, again, it's not because he wants that to happen. It's because he wants it not to happen. It's, it's so he can, he wants people to turn to him so they get his mercy instead of judgment, right? And, and, and so in, in the new covenant, we find that that became really easy for us. In fact, look over it in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 103. Three, I believe, Psalm 103. Thank you, Lord. And yeah, 103, notice verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses his acts to the children of Israel. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. So Moses sought that. He wanted to know. He asked, show me your way. And, 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 he, and the Lord did reveal his ways. Now, I think there might be a little distinction here. The children of Israel, they got to see God's hand move. Moses got to see the Lord's ways. Uh, the children of Israel got to see what God could do. They, they even could get a history lesson. Moses got to meet face to face. He got to have that personal knowledge of God where he learned his ways. Say, which one do we want? Well, I want everything. I'm an all-in kind of person with this. I want to know the power of God, but I also want to know how he thinks. I, I want to know what is righteous to him, what is just to him, what he thinks is proper, improper, uh, what, what he would call holy, what he would call unholy. I also want to know miracle power. I want to know Red Sea splitting, manna creating, rock out of the water kind of power. Yeah? I want to know, I want to see the, but I, I don't think it would be first. I think that should be second. I think first on our list should be, I want to know him. I want to know his ways, how he thinks. I believe if we approach him that way, it would be a right thing. He would be pleased with that. 
Yeah, kind of like when Solomon had that, that dream and he was given the choice between riches and long life and wisdom or understanding to lead God's people, and he chose wisdom. Remember that? Solomon chose, and, and you have chosen correctly, <laughs> right? He, he made a good choice in God's eyes, and therefore, he sprung the jackpot. Right? He got the wisdom, the long life, and the riches. If he would have chosen the riches, God would, give, would have given him the riches. If he'd have just chosen the long life, he'd have lived a long time. But he chose the correct thing and got all of it. Right? I think that, that same principle would play out in our lives. What do we seek? Seek to know him. Lord, how do you think? What do you think about me, my future, and how I make decisions, how I conduct myself? What do you think about what's happening in the world? I want to know your heart. I want to think like you think. And if we can approach him that way, I want to know your ways. I think we get the acts. I think we get the power. I think we get the, 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 the what God couldn't do with that. It, it's kind of like the gospel of, of, of Mark where, where it says, these signs will follow those who believe. It does what to those who believe? Follows those, not those who believe follow signs. You know, for if you're already a believer, to follow signs is not really a, a spiritual compliment to you. Or you're chasing around just to find the next thing and follow signs. no. Follow him, signs follow you. Yeah? If you want to see a sign, turn around. In other words, who was the last person you prayed for? Look at them. That's where we're, when we speak, when we, when we live life and we believe God and trust his word and speak his promises and lay hands on the sick, we are to be uh, participants in the signs in that way. We seek the Lord and signs follow us. That's normal. That's right. Okay. You know, I wouldn't go to a church that never had any signs. I mean, would you? I certainly wouldn't give them my tithe. <laughs> I mean, because they're misrepresenting the Lord. They'll say, well, my family, you know, I've been there for generations. I know sometimes you have to cut things loose for a higher purpose. And that is, uh, are we really walking with God? Are we, are we really reflecting the, the new covenant promises. So now, now go to John, uh, uh, the book of John, Gospel of John, chapter one. And so just, just real quick, I, you know, talking about God's ways, and I wanna know the way he thinks, the way he does things, and, and this would help me to live in, in freedom and live in victory. In John, he's using this first part of the book to talk about Jesus, how he was the Word. He was called the Word. He was with God. He was God. And then he became flesh. Um, verse 14, let's read that one. And the Word became flesh. That's one way we know the Word is Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
So let's look down then at verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we know that when Moses sought to know the ways of God, what God revealed to him, and again, I know I didn't even find the verse I was looking for, but it's good. What God revealed to Moses was good. I mean, he wasn't some big, bad, mean God. He was a God that was for them and not against them, and he wanted good things for them. When we come over into the new covenant, we have it really, really good because we get the fullness of who God really is. So when Jesus came, the scripture says here in both of these verses that that two things were emphasized that he was full of, and that is grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus wasn't full of judgment. He was full of grace and truth. He wasn't full of a guilt trip. He wasn't full of... Uh, I know everything you've done wrong, and I'm not going to forget it. He was full of grace and truth. Now, it's not that, that uh, grace isn't true, and it's not that truth would not reveal grace, but there is a distinction in, in saying that Jesus was full of grace and truth. There, it's almost like two sides of the coin that are necessary in order, in order for us to be balanced, in order for us to enjoy the, the victory. See, if I want to know God's ways, and the coming into the new covenant, I get a perfect picture in Jesus. Grace and truth is that, is that perfect balance. Well, what's his will for your life? It's grace and truth. Okay, let me, let me say it this way. Someone totally messes up, and we've all done that, but we've done some wrong things. What's the Lord's approach to you? It's grace, and when grace is done, it's truth. If someone only were to hear, if Jesus only brought grace, it would be a huge blessing, but someone would lack knowing the other aspect of God's ways. And they wouldn't know that he still values us knowing right, thinking right, and living right. But if someone, uh, if he came and he only came with with truth, uh, I don't know, we might feel beat up by that. We might feel incapable, insufficient. Man, this is God's standard. This is truth. Yikes, I'm like a mile away from that. How am I ever going to be sufficient? But grace comes to forgive, to wash, and to lift us so that we can then see and understand and even adhere to God's standard of truth. Is everybody with me today? <laughs> you, you might recall uh, in uh, John chapter 8 when the, the Pharisees set, uh, had this set up. There was this woman caught in adultery, okay, for some, and they drug her before Jesus. For some reason, the dude got away. I, I don't know who it was. <laughs> takes two to tango. <laughs> and they brought the woman and they were trying to set Jesus up. Moses said, stoner, what do you say? And he scribbled in the ground and said he was without sin. Let him cast without uh, sin. Let him cast the first stone. You know that story? And so basically, you know, the woman, everyone, everyone left. Uh, 
what did she say to him? Uh, or Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? And they were gone, and he said, neither do I condemn you. You remember what he said after that? He, so some of you, go and sin no more. Now wait, was his non-condemning approach to her, was his forgiveness conditioned upon her going and sinning no more? It wasn't. He gave that to her first. He didn't say, now, if you promise to never do this again, if you, never, if you promise, because you've been a bad girl, if you promise to never do this again, uh, I will shower you with unconditional, <laughs> or conditional, uh, mercy and grace and forgiveness. No, he just gave it to her. He said, I'm not here to condemn you. But true, but true love will not just give you grace. It'll also follow up with truth. It'll be the other side of the coin. He said, I'm not condemning you. I'm not going to beat you over the head. You're, you're forgiven. But I have some good advice for you. Knock it off. Stop sinning. Stop doing this. This is not the will of God. That, that's the way the Lord deals with us too. Right? He's going to embrace us fully, and there's no conditions on that. You're just forgiven, period. But truth also needs to come. Even with it, there was another guy that in the pool of Bethesda, the guy who was lame for some few decades, and, and, and Jesus went in there, the guy got healed, no conditions placed upon him, all right? He didn't have to clean up his, his sinful life. He just got healed. It was the grace of God. But then when he met up with Jesus later, Jesus had a word for him too. You know what it was? He said, go and sin, no, or did he say the same thing? Yeah, very similar. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. And, uh, but again, he got the healing firsthand without that condition, but then he followed it up with truth. Amen. Sometimes Christians wonder how to deal with uh, sin in their own life. And, and I tell you, say, do I need to clean this up before God will set me free? No, freedoms, it's already paid for in Jesus. He was ministering even before the cross. Now it's already done. You can be free just like that and say, I'm free independent of my future proving of it. Well, God knows that I might do this again. Listen, Jesus died without any preconditions. He lifted us and showed us his kindness and grace without God saying, well, I see you're going to do this 12 more times in your life. And so I'm withholding. He doesn't withhold. He fully puts us into his family, completely washes us clean, gives us standing with him as if, you know, as if we're perfect. But then the truth of God says, now, now here, are, here are my ways. See, nowadays you do have Christians that don't want to know God's ways. Some want to, they want, some want to experience God's grace because that's a wonderful thing. I mean, who, who, would, who would say no to that? It's just... Why would you resist God's grace? But they're, they're not quick to, um, uh, to follow up with his ways. Some don't like any kind of standards. You know, there's a, a friend of mine, a minister friend of mine, and he had been teaching some years ago in a particular Bible college. And in this Bible college, it was a really good school. They had a lot of emphasis on the grace of God. And I appreciate that, their teaching. And, but he said when he was ministering at this Bible college, in between sessions, students would come up to him and talk to him about how many of the students 
were living in sin. And they weren't trying to be gossips because he didn't know them. They weren't calling names. But they said, the students here, they, they go out and drink. And some of them are having sex. They're in Bible college. And, and he said, I'm, we're so glad, because he was teaching on a subject that was relevant. That's kind of what stirred up the conversation. They said, we're so glad you're teaching on this because we hear here, 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 uh, so much about God's grace and forgiveness that some people are not getting this other side of this. And there it's turned into a, uh, like a slippery thing, like a greasy thing. Uh, and they're just thinking, well, we can just do anything. We can just live, live life however in sin, and we're all good because our sins are paid for. How many know they're missing something? You're missing the message. The Lord has a message for us, and it contains mercy, grace, and truth. What should we seek? The whole coin. <laughs> Amen. But we do want to know God's ways. Yeah. I know, I know a handful of years ago when, well, it was probably five years ago, when our country, and I can talk about anything in the believers meeting, right? Because you guys are mature enough, big enough, and we're not even live. <laughs> but five years ago when the Supreme Court changed the definition of marriage in our country, you remember before that, states all over were voting and putting it in their constitution, including ours. Every state that put it up and that voted banned it. They said, nope, we're not going to do that. Every state, even California did that. They did. They said, nope, nope, we're going to keep marriage holy and as defined in the scripture. And then the Supreme Court came along and said, nope, blanket. They made a new law. They're not supposed to be able to do that, but they made a new law. But anyway, in the middle of that, Christians were caught in that, like, how do we respond how do we do this? Because we know you say things a certain way and, you're, and they're going to think you're just mean or, or judgmental or harsh or, you know what I'm talking about? Call you hateful, all that kind of stuff. And so many of us were caught in this thing where I don't want to be that. I don't want to be accused of that because I'm not that. I'm not harsh or hateful or, any, or towards people who are in that, that kind of lifestyle, but yet I don't want to abandon the Lord. You know, people say, I don't want to offend people. I don't. I don't want to offend God either. You know, so we're in the middle of that. How do we deal with that? And this is the perfect balance. This is how Jesus ministered. He ministered to people who were in sin, and he did it with much grace. But then he didn't leave off the other side of the coin. He would also say, and these are the right ways to do things. And that's, our, that's how we minister. That's how we're supposed to think about this, how we deal with our own lives. Okay, I receive God's mercy and grace. He gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. And now I want, to, I want to do things your way. I want truth that comes from you, not what comes from society or anything like that. Amen. Praise God. But, but, but this, is, this is one of the things I, it, it seemed earlier, I, and I believe some victories were won even just in doing that in the presence of the Lord. But, uh, but there are people that really feel shamed and guilty and they're 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 beat up over their own failure and their own sinfulness and that can be a club that the enemy uses to keep them in bondage and and really it perpetuates a cycle of behavior and your heart will condemn you and say you're a dog and there you go doing it again and then you're a rascal and there you're doing it again so even though Jesus gave us the victory and set us free by his own precious blood 
they live continually under the bondage of it, and it's, it's, that, it's that shame of doing it that holds them in that place. Listen, and I, I know this, that not one of us would want to come up here and take the microphone and air our dirty laundry. None of us want to tell everyone every wrong thought we've ever had, every wrong thing we've ever done. And it wouldn't be wise because when you're forgiven, you need to forget it. Yeah. But even if someone is struggling with something presently, a sinfulness in their life, they very unlikely they would want to just stand up and tell that. And that's not what I'm proposing. Uh, Come and confess your sin. Uh, These things can be dealt with before the Lord. But I know this. I mean, I've ministered in different settings where unprovoked by me, people testify of their wrongdoing. And I'm like, yikes, I would never put someone on the spot like that. And you're telling everyone. And, and with some, I mean, motive, maybe it was motivated by the Spirit of God, but they, it would break the power of that off of them. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to draw that out by any means here in the, set, in the setting. Sometimes it, it does people good to tell someone. Sometimes there's benefit. Uh, you know, James said, confess your sin one to another that you may be healed. Yeah, sometimes there's benefit in, 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 in talking to someone else. Uh, but whatever it is... Uh, we've got to stop the, the cycle of the enemy uh, condemning people and keeping them in bondage because of something they've done. And, and if you feel like a rascal because of something, I don't want ever, anyone to ever know, I'm not going to expose anybody. I'm not here to call you out and say, you're, you've been doing this. You've been, you know, no, no, that, that, that's, not, that's not the way, the way this works. But I tell you, there, there does need to be a... Uh, uh, a release from the feeling, the shamefulness. Amen. And, and if, that's, it's, if that's something you can get by talking to a person, then do that. If that's something you can get uh, before you, between you and the Lord, and you say, Lord, I, I'm turning this over to you. I know that you're not here to make me feel bad. That was a horrible thing. I want it gone out of my life. It's gone. It's gone. And you just say the name of Jesus, and you say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness, your cleansing flood. I thank you that I am free from this, from this day forward. I will not continue to live in bondage to this. And, and, and you, just, like, just like someone would be healed of various conditions, you know, many times people are healed instantaneously. Thank God for it. If someone gets healed over a few days or a few weeks or even a few months, is there anything wrong with that? I think the ultimate thing is, hey, healed. What if someone, uh, you know, from one day, I've heard many testimonies, someone said, I was addicted to cigarettes and hands were laid upon me and, and I never had a desire for those things ever again. And I, with alcohol, other drugs, that stuff like that, I was just free. I didn't even want it anymore. Instantaneously. Isn't that glorious? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, but what if it took them a few months? Well, big deal. In, in the ones that uh, we would say, well, you know, just like you, you can get healed over time, you can get healed by standing on the word, speaking the word, praising God, thank you, Lord, independent of what I feel, thank you, Lord, I have my healing, thank you, Lord, I'm free from these, 
Nicotine is broken in my life. In Jesus' name. How many know you can do that? If, you, if you're addicted to those, you can say that every time you take a puff. <laughs> and believe it while you're saying it. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. This has no power over me anymore. In Jesus' name, I am free. What will happen, you keep doing that, one of the times you'll go, nah. Because your faith will, 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 will get you the victory over that. It works with any con physical condition. It works with addictions like that. It, it, it works over, if there's a bondage of sin and you say, I still feel guilty. I still feel like a dog for what I did. I know, but just thank God every day for his cleansing flood, the cleansing flood of his blood. Thank you, Jesus, I'm forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, I am free. And your mind says, I know, but you don't feel free. You don't feel forgiven. You still feel like a rascal. Oh, but thank you, Lord, I'm free. How often would I do that? How about every time you feel like a, a dog? Every time you feel guilty and the enemy comes, and you're not deserving of anything. You know the things that you do. You, and other people know the things you do too. And, <laughs> and he'll beat you up one side down the other, but you say, Lord, but thank you, I have the victory. I have the victory. I receive your forgiveness, and I have the victory over this in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Let's all stand. Father, for you, to you we give all the glory. We